All right. Good evening, High Desert Word Center. How are we doing tonight? Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord on a Wednesday night. You picked a great night to be here. Pastor has an awesome word for you, so hang on to your seats and get ready for that. But let's go ahead, and uh, we're going to remind you of a few things we got going on. Uh, first of all, the, the church homeschool co-op will be starting up, I believe, the second week of September. So there is an online registration for that, um, and it's hgwc.org slash school, I believe, slash homeschool. And slash homeschool, yeah. HGWC.org slash homeschool. And that'll get you some information, but we're starting off uh, just with some good stuff for the kids to uh, uh, be able to uh, get out of the house a little bit and do like some art stuff, some music stuff, some PE, and get to be around other uh, good Christian kids. So that is absolutely uh, awesome and important for you uh, to remember to get the kids involved in what's going on. Amen. So praise God. It's almost September. So before we know it, the holiday season will be here. So just stay tuned. Amen. Who's ready? Who's going to believe God for snow this year in Barstow with me? Come on. Yes. <laughs> Hands everywhere. Man, I wish I could give an altar call that good. I've never seen some with the one person from Minnesota saying no, but you know what? <laughs> Amen. Hey, you know, you miss it. You miss it. So well, praise God. We're looking forward to it. And we know that it's just going to be a um, stuff happening and and a busy season coming up upon us so let's be prepared for that amen all right who knows what time it is now it is happy time uh, the ushers got buckets there if you need an envelope you can grab your own out of there and they will uh, gladly give one to you we're going to look at a verse here tonight in third john and verse two and i love this verse maybe you've heard it a lot of times but it's one of my favorites for finances. Third John and verse 2. And this is a fact that you have to get established in your heart. This is Bible fact right here that we have to get established in our hearts. Because so many people, whether you realize it or not, so many people think that God is the one withholding the resources from them. And God is not interested in holding back the resources from you. God wants you to be blessed. So third John in verse two, it says, beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And so it says right there, he wishes above all things that you would prosper and be in health. And he doesn't say, I wish above all things that you would stay broke so you can be humble. And this is my way of, of just teaching you how to be. No, it doesn't say that. That's a lie that Satan has used for years to blind and rob God's people. But God wants us blessed. And on top of that, he wants your health blessed. He wants to prosper you and he wants you to be healthy in your body also. And that goes against what so many people have heard. But if everybody else is saying one thing and God's word says this, I'm sticking with God's word. Can you say that with me tonight? I'm sticking with God's word. I don't care what anybody else says. I'm going with the word of God, especially if it tells me he wants me blessed. He wants me healthy. He wants me to prosper. He wants me to realize how much he loves me. Can I get an amen tonight? Amen. amen. Well, we're going to go ahead 
and say our financial faith confession. Then you can uh, bring your tithes and your offerings. And we're going to get into some praise and worship. But it's going to be an awesome time. And I'm just reminding you, as we did Sunday, just planting the little seed in your ear, that we have uh, some exciting stuff coming up regarding the air conditioning situation of the church. I know that it is it is not exactly an icebox in here as of this point in time. But we are getting the ball rolling on some new units and stuff like that. We've already got a good amount saved, but we're going to all chip in and we're going to cool down. This is all, this is God's house, but it's all of our family's house too, right? We worship here. We pray here. We hear the word here. It's our house. And so anyway, we're going to all be able to get involved soon, but it's going to be awesome. And we're going to get this place where it's nice and cool all the time for us. Amen. All right. Let's speak some words of faith over our giving tonight. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Here we go. You're the real 
You are the resurrector. You conquered the grave. You pulled me from the water. Free from my chains and risen to live. Like the river of life in a dry hand. Like the flicker of sight to a blind man. I saw the glorious light as it broke in. God of mercy and might. Oh, you brought me back to life. You're the Lord of life, shining in the dark. You're the source of life.
lift it up to him. So sweet love you, yes, Jesus. Oh, how we love you. You are the one love. Our hearts adore. One more time. In Jesus we Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Hallelujah. That is so good to belong to Jesus. No matter what's going on around us, we're always safe in Him. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. And I'm worshiping God. As we're all worshiping men to go, I was thinking that this is so much better than being quarantined in Central America, in South America. You know, at the start of the year, I was quarantined down there in an upper room of a place in the jungle with no air conditioning. Had running water, pipe out of the wall, no hot water. Didn't want hot water, but it would have been nice to have hot water. And I'm thinking, here we are in the desert and we have heat for just a short time of the year. Then we got the best weather probably in all of North America for the rest of the year. It's pleasant weather, it's good weather, and we have this, but we've got something a lot of the world doesn't have. We have air conditioning here and things like that. And our electricity and our water doesn't get shut off at any time like it does in other countries. America's blessed. And, you know, I was thinking, I was watching some of the news, if you call it news today a little bit this afternoon, and I saw people in America right now that are still hurting over money things. They haven't got their jobs back. Their cities aren't up and running yet. And Barstow, just like our faith confession, is a blessed city. Barstow's blessed. We don't have a lot of health crisis here in our city. And most people in our city still have a job and still have places they go and do things. We get around pretty good. We are blessed. And I think because we're so blessed here, we don't really realize what a mess the rest of the world's in, a lot of our country's in, because we're so blessed. But we're blessed because of what we're going to talk about tonight from the Word of God. From the truth of the Word of God is why we're blessed. We're blessed because we've chosen for Jesus Christ to be Lord over the place that He's got us at. And that's why we're blessed. And we can't ever forget that. So we're going to look at some things in the Word of God tonight that's going to help us remember why we have what we have. And if perchance things get worse in the future, our trust and our faith is in Jesus, God the Father. And the most important thing out of all of that is the Word of God. Because there's a lot of people that love Jesus, but they're ignorant of the Word of God. And because they're ignorant, 
Hosea 4, 6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And, you know, I think about Jeremiah three fifteen. God said, I'll give you pastors with my heart, which will feed you with knowledge and understanding. And so with the heart of God tonight, as I sought him this morning about what to, what to preach, what to teach tonight, he gave, a, he gave a very, very specific message to me for us, for the times we live in. And, you know, so many times when we're here at the start of the service, I don't know about you, but I close my eyes and I really worship God when we're doing that little bit of worship we do. And especially when I'm speaking, I begin to see things and know things. And I know by the Spirit of God that what I'm going to teach tonight may help some of you not go under in the future if you listen closely to what we're talking about tonight. Amen? Okay, tonight's message for a title is, You Will Always Succeed If You Live by Bible Truth. You will always succeed, not because you're a Christian. There's a lot of Christians that are losing because they don't know what the Bible has to say about their situation. But when you know what the Bible has to say about where you live at and what's going on in your life, and then you put into practice what the Bible says, then based upon God's holy written word, you're going to come out on top. And he gave us the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, one of those is long-suffering. Sometimes you have to put up some things for a long time. But the bottom line is, you stick with the Word. The Word will stick with you, and you'll come out on top. Somebody said amen. Well, let's look at John chapter 17. How many know what the whole chapter of John 17 is about? Pastor Dave does. Katie does. I know a lot of people does. Leanne does. Well, John 17 was a prayer that Jesus prayed. The entire chapter is a prayer that Jesus prayed for believers. The ones that was with him then and the ones that live in Barstow, California, the high desert, or anywhere in the whole wide world today. He prayed this prayer for all of us. And so, you know, I think about Jesus and we know he's the son of God. He was the son of man, the son of God. And Jesus come to earth with a purpose. The purpose was to redeem us from the hand of the enemy, from the devil. He came to give us eternal life. He came to show us the authority we could have through his name over things that come against us to be able to win and live a victorious Christian life. So this John chapter 17 is one of the last prayers he prayed. He was on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane, but he prayed this prayer and I want to look at some of the things out of this prayer. By the way, Pastor Dave, I'm glad you stopped when you did because you started to get into the meat of the message. And so we're sure glad that you gave him the appetizer. I'll give, give him the main course. John chapter 17. I, I want to look at verse 14. It says this. I have given them thy word. He's talking to the Father about believers. How many know that Jesus gave you his word? Amen. He gave it to the ones in. He gave it to us now. I have given them thy word, and look at this, and the word, and the world hated them. The world hates you because you believe the Bible and live by the Bible. The world hated them. Now I want you to hold your place, and I want to show you why there's so much animosity and hatred towards Christians that are Bible Christians. They call us fundamentalists, they call us all kinds of things. I don't care what they call us. Jesus calls me his beloved. Amen. The Father calls me his son. And so as long as the Father calls me his son, and I'm the beloved of Jesus Christ, 
and he's my Lord. They can call me whatever they want to, but I'm going to stick with Jesus no matter what I'm called. I'm not going to allow myself to get offended because people hate me because of the way I live. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I want to show you why the world hates us. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, now we're going to look at verse 3 and verse 4. says, but if our gospel, the good news, be hid, is hid to them that are lost. How many know that at one point in time you were lost? I was lost. I wasn't saved. I wasn't born again. I didn't know anything about anything. I thought I knew everything about everything, but I knew nothing. I had to become born again to be found. When I got born again... Then my heart was changed. I become a new creature in Christ. And then the Bible began to make sense to me. My head may not have understood things that I heard as a new Christian. But my heart knew this is Jesus talking to me through these words. And I know it's Jesus. And it wasn't hidden from me anymore. It became truth. So he says, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. In whom the, see that small g? The God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. The God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. Talk, you turn that down, it's a little bit or something, got a lot of ring going on up here. And so we as Christians have to know and see so many Christians because they're ignorant, they think that everything that goes on, that God's behind it. But John 10, 10, Jesus said the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy. And the thief is another, is, another, is another word for the God of this world. When Adam and Eve were on the earth, God gave all authority on the earth to Adam. He told Adam what to do. But then Adam allowed his wife to listen to the devil. And Adam transgressed against God and turned against God when he ate of the tree that he wasn't supposed to eat of. And so then Satan came in. Had become the small g, God of this world, until Jesus comes and takes all authority from him once and for all. Jesus broke the power of the devil over the human race now, and so Christians that will walk in the light of the word to walk in their authority over the devil, but he's still here. He's the God of this world, and so people that are not born again, people that don't live for Jesus are still living according to their flesh or according to the fallen spirits of this world, as long as they continue to live that way, Satan has the right to lord it over them. And so I'll go back to John chapter 17. Now, I think this will make more sense to you. And this is going to help a lot of you, because right now, the whole world is nuts. The Christians that live a life the Word of God, they think we're nuts. We're the ones that's right, and they're the ones that's deceived. And that's why this will make more sense to you now. He said, I've given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. And you know, the people around Jesus, especially religious people, they hated Jesus. Because Jesus didn't live according to religious traditions. Jesus lived according to the word of God. And when you live by the word of God, people are going to get mad. If you talk to them about marriage, people live together forever and ever. And then you talk to them, well, but the Bible says, the Word of God says that you need to get married. They hate you for that because of the world 
because of the word, because the word doesn't agree with their lifestyle. When you talk to Christians about tithing, the God of this world that has them blinded even, to whom God said, bring 10% in and I'll bless your, I'll bless your 90%. Well, the world looks at you and I know when I got saved, I had a lot of unsaved family and they found out that I was giving 10% to God. They thought I had went off the deep end. Why are you giving money to a preacher? I said, I'm giving not money to a preacher. I'm giving money to Jesus. Jesus said, break 10% in, and the world cannot understand that. The world can't understand it. When maybe, when maybe you used to be a person that was a racist. And your family's racist people. I come from a racist family. I got delivered. And my family couldn't understand it when I had the love of God in my heart and all of a sudden I loved everybody. I didn't look what they looked like, but I loved everybody. I went to church with people of different colors, different races, different places, and my family could not understand that. They just didn't understand. What's the matter with you? And I said, I'm not who I used to be. God's word tells me there's no difference in races. There's no difference in people. We're all one people under God, and when you get born again, you begin to see with the eyes of God. You begin to see with the love of God. You begin to live your life by the Word of God. What I'm telling you is this. Jesus said, and this is what I want you to see from this first little bit we're talking about. Jesus said the reason your family, your friends, people you work with, get so upset with you when you talk Bible is because it convicts them, because they're not living that way, and you are, and it says they hate you because of the Word. And you know what? I found out the same people, when I got born again, the same people I used to drink with, same people I used to run with, same people we used to do all the things we did, I got born again, I actually got cussed out by my closest friends when I become a born-again Christian, wouldn't do those things anymore. I remember one of my best friends, a man, man that took me in when I was hurting before I was saved, Found out, he, they called me fanatical, that I was fanatical because I wasn't doing what I used to do. Got me one day, and he let me know in no uncertain terms, you stay the blanky blank away from me, don't you talk to me, you keep your religion, take religion, and like that, said, I want nothing to do with you, I heard about you now, said, you're nuts, just, I don't want anything to do with you. And what, what changed in a month's time, from when we were still drinking together, till I got born again? All of a sudden, the Word of God told me how to live, and so I didn't tell them how to live. I just started living it. Because I wasn't doing what they was doing anymore. They hated me. Not because all of a sudden they thought, man, he's uglier than I thought he was. Had nothing to do with what I looked like. Had everything to do with how I was living in line with God's word. And so I hope that will help you as we look at this message to understand that as you're standing on God's word in the times we're living in, if people all around you, they're not living that way, but you are, and they get upset with you. Don't you get upset with them. Just say, well, Jesus already warned me. They're hating because I'm living by the word of God. Amen. Amen. Is that helping anybody? Amen. Amen. So anyways, we look at this. He says this. Because they're not of the world, even as I'm not of the world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world now. We, we, have, we have a new address. It's called heaven. And we're temporary strangers passing through this world we're not going to camp out here forever one of these days we're going to be up there and that's where our real home is anyway he says i pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world but thou shouldest keep them or protect them from the evil one and so jesus prayed how many believe that although this prayer was prayed two thousand years ago 
that God the Father heard his son praying. Huh? Amen. And so we already have a word from God. You know, a lot of people want to prophesy a word from God. I got a word for you. Jesus said, the Father is going to keep you protected from the evil one. This is a more sure word of prophecy. Jesus already prayed that. If Jesus already prayed that, then our job is to do what James 4, 7 says. He says, submit to God, resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Jesus told us in Matthew 18, 18, what you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And so our job on earth is to enforce Satan's defeat. We're the ones, if we're tormented about money, if we're tormented about jobs, if we're tormented about things in life, we're the ones supposed to say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, you're the tormentor. I bind you. Get out of here in Jesus' name. And I don't mean maybe. In the name of Jesus, I resist you. And then we say, James 4, 7, Father, I submit to you. I submit to your holy written word. You told me. And then you quote words just like Jesus did when he was tempted. Jesus said, Satan, it is written. Then you say, Satan, it is written. 2 Timothy 1, 7. God didn't give me the spirit of fear, but power to love and a sound mind. It is written, devil. I have power to love and a sound mind. Fear does not belong to me. Amen. I'm doing better preaching than you are shouting. He said, I pray that thou shouldest not take them out of the world, but keep them from evil. He says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Now we're getting down to where the message is. Verse 17, in this prayer, Jesus said this, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Thy word is truth. And so, as I was looking at this this morning, thinking about this, and this is the prayer of Jesus. By the way, just glance at verse 20. I keep talking about this, but you need to see it. He said, Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. And so that tells me that he could have said right here, Father, I am praying for Bernie Samples who will live in the 20th and 21st century. You know why that is? Because I believe in his word. Amen. He said, I'm praying for them which shall believe on me through their word. And so his word gets in me. I live by his word. And so Jesus, my well said, I'm praying for D. Amen. I'm praying for Doug. That's what Jesus said. He included everybody that will believe the Bible. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus. Come on, you guys. Look at each other, Frank. Look at your neighbor. <laughs> he said, and say this, say, Jesus prayed for you and prayed for me 2,000 years ago so everything is going to be okay. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Amen. And so he said, sanctify them. And that word sanctify means a couple different things that I know of. Sanctify, number one, it means to live clean and live holy. It means, it means to do your best to live in line with the Word of God. And I'll tell you one thing, when you live clean in this filthy world we live in, you're going to make some people mad. Amen. You know, the closer we get to the return of Jesus Christ, the dirtier the world's getting around us. How they live, what they think, how they talk, what they believe. I'll tell you what, you stick out like a healed thumb if you don't agree with political correctness. 
Oh, Shakabara Kisoto. Oh, I better not go down that road. I believe in biblical correctness. And when it comes down to political correctness versus Bible truth, I'm going to stick with the Bible every time. And when you stick with the Bible, there's going to be a lot of people that don't like you. And, you know, uh, I don't do much of social media at all. Very little do I do, but I know this. I see what goes on on there. If you get one Christian that stands up and says what's right, he'll get dozens and dozens of his close friends will come against him or against her. And the reason being because they chose to agree with the Bible. And so he says, sanctify them. Sanctify means to help them live clean. But then also sanctify means to separate them. He said, sanctify them, separate them from the world. And then he said, by thy truth. And then he told us what the truth was. And I love for the Bible to define Bible terms. I don't know if you ever caught on to this yet or not. I learned it as a new Christian. A lot of definitions of Bible words you look up in modern dictionaries are not at all what the Bible means for them to be. I know that uh, for, for the word truth, all I know about truth from, you know, a definition of the dictionary would probably say something like this. A truth is the opposite of a lie. Truth means it's not a lie. That means you're telling the truth because you're not telling a lie. But Jesus told us what the truth is from God's perspective. He says, your word is truth. He said, your word is truth. And said, you will separate your people from the world by the truth of your word. And, you know, I'll just give you an example. In modern times, there's a lot of laws that have been passed that are absolutely contrary to the Word of God. But if you talk to people in modern in, mo- in our modern society, they'll tell you, well, there's the law, that's the truth. No, it's not the truth. That's a fact. It may be a fact they changed morals, but God said... My word is the truth. And so I'm going to hold this truth against natural facts any time, and I'm going to stick with the truth. And what I do, I'm going to be called names. But Jesus said it. He said, separate them from the world. When you stand up and you believe the Bible over what's popular or what the majority is saying, and you know, by the way, all I have to do is read the Gospels and I'll find out the majority is not always right. Do you know that the same crowd that followed Jesus, the multitudes, when he healed them, he healed the blind, he raised the dead, he cast out demons, all the wonderful things he did, those crowds followed him, but then that same crowd turned on him. And so then when it comes time at the crucifixion, they brought, they brought a murderer in there named Barabbas. And then Pilate said, okay, today we're going to set a person free. We've got this guy here. We're going to crucify him because he's a murderer. But then we've got this man here who claims he's the son of God. And they said, let's take a vote. We're going to have a poll. How many of you hear about polls? They took a poll that day. And in that poll, in that vote, it said the multitude said, crucify Jesus, crucify Jesus, turn the murderer free. That tells me that the majority isn't always right. Amen. And so I, I heard a preacher say years ago, if nobody else does right, I will. And so for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
And I know I'm going to stick with the Bible no matter what people say, no matter what the persecution is, because I know that one day I will stand in front of the Lord Jesus Christ and give an account for what I did while on this earth. And I'd a whole lot rather have God before me and man be against me than have man before me and God against me. Amen. That's good preaching, isn't it? And so he said, separate them by thy truth. He said, thy word is truth. And so we want to know how to walk in line with the word of God to walk clean, to live holy, and to let God's word direct our steps, lead our life, guide our decisions, so we'll know how to be all that God wants us to be. And I'm thinking about the times we live in. There's people out there right now, fellow Christians even, because they don't really read their Bibles a lot. Maybe they, maybe they don't go to church that teaches the Bible a lot. I don't know. But the whole fact of the matter is, there's people out there that when you, a matter of fact, in Philippians, Paul said that we, in this dark world, we shine like a bright, bright, shiny star. We shine like lights in this world in all this darkness around us. And so we as Christians, if we're going to have the answers for the people that don't know what we know as Christians, how to live, how to receive the blessings of God, then we got to listen tonight some things I'm going to look at as we close this thing up, as we head that direction. I want you to go to 3 John. Pastor Dave was here a while ago. And we're talking about you will always succeed if you live by Bible truth. By Bible truth. And what did he say God's truth is? His word. He said his word's the truth. 3 John verse 1. The elder... uh, to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish, or I pray, that in all things thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth. Well, when I read things like this, I don't know about you, but when I, when I learn God's definition of different words, then when I read other passages, I put God's definition in there instead of exactly what King James says. And so he says right here, because John knew this, he walked with Jesus. And so he says that uh, I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the word that is in thee, if thou walkest in line with the word. If you're walking in the truth, you're walking in the word. And he said, I rejoice greatly when the people let me know that you're walking in the truth of God's word. You're living in life with the word of God. People let me know that. And I rejoice greatly. He said, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. My children not only hear the word, they put it into action in their life. They walk in the truth. They walk in the light. They walk in the word of God. And Jesus said, That will be separate from the world because we walk in the truth of the Word of God. Amen. And you know, I was thinking about my son David. I got my own testimony now, but I still like to tell David's. Because it's it's so real what I saw happen to me. When David was three and a half years old and had leukemia and he was crippled, 
There wasn't anybody in my family except one person I knew of that was a born-again Christian. And I'll tell you what, they thought I didn't have enough sense to come in out of the rain. Because they thought I was in denial. But I had the truth in my heart and in my mouth that by Jesus' stripes from 1 Peter 2.24, David was already healed. Mark 16, Mark 16, verse 17 says, These signs shall follow them that believe in my name, that shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. I had the truth. It was a fact, and it was a proper diagnosis. David Samples, three-and-a-half-year-old child, had leukemia. It was a fact, whatever percentage was, they said, this percentage of them die, this percentage live. And I know that for what I knew was this, if they said 99% don't make it, 1% does, I say, well, glory to God, it's good news to know he's the 1%. Amen. I didn't focus on the numbers of the 99%. That was a fact. They, that wasn't the numbers, by the way. It was different than that. But if it had been, and they said only 1% of these cases ever make it, I said, well, Mark 16, here's the truth. Had hands laid on this boy, and Jesus said he'll recover. So that's how I lived. And people told me, you're in denial. Don't you know what your son's got? I said, I don't know what my son was diagnosed with. But I know the truth. They said, that's the truth. Look at that. I said, no, that's what he's diagnosed with. This is the truth. Hands have been laid on him, and Jesus says he's recovered. Two and a half weeks later, he is walking and leaping and praising God. They saw healed blood, and they've seen healed blood ever since. People around me, they didn't hate me, but they thought I was nuts. Why'd they think I was nuts? Got a crippled son, being treated for leukemia, and I wasn't upset. The only thing I got upset about that whole deal, we lived a long ways from the children's hospital where we were going to it. I come home one day and check my mail, my mail, and there's a Christian magazine in there from a good Christian ministry that's still around today. They've got a wonderful ministry, but they don't have the revelation of divine healing. And so when I come home, the cover of that magazine said, they had a story in there about how to cope as your child dies with leukemia. You know what I did? This boy had all the internet and everything. I threw it in the trash. I picked up my phone. I don't even think they have 1-800 numbers in. I called the phone number and I told them, we really appreciate your ministry, but take me off your mailing list. Don't send me any more magazines. Don't send me any more of your letters. I don't want them. I did not need natural things to do against a supernatural enemy. I needed the truth of the Word of God, and I still respect that ministry. I read some of the stuff now still, but when it comes to healing and health, that's part of the Bible they don't understand yet. And so the last thing I need to do was get natural facts into my mind to try to snuff out the truth of the Word of God to keep my son alive. Amen. Amen. Is this, is this making sense to you? And so when, when John said... I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. I want to say this. Any true spiritual father, the greatest, the greatest joy that I get as a pastor, as a man of God, out of all the, all the years I've been preaching this, is when I see a Christian come in, get a hold of the Word of God, and all of a sudden, 
the deliverance they've been seeking for dr- from drugs or alcohol or sexual sin or whatever it is, the deliverance they've been seeking for years, they come into church all cleaned up and smiling like that because the Word of God got in them and they're walking in the truth and they found out, I'm delivered, I'm delivered, I'm healed, I'm not an addict anymore, I don't have to live this way anymore. That's my greatest joy. That's my reward when I see the Word of God that I preach come from this pulpit and by the door of the Holy Ghost get in the hearts of believers and all of a sudden they see what I see in the Bible and they've got it. And how do you know when they've got it? When they've got it. How do you know when they've got it? When their life changes. They got it. And that's what, that's what John said. I have no greater joy than to see my children walk in truth. And so they're walking in the word when they're walking in truth. Because Jesus said, thy word is truth. And so when you're walking in God's word, when you're putting God's word into action in your life, then all of a sudden your crippled son's jumping up. The doctors look at the microscopes and at this hospital that we were at. They told me one day when they kept looking at the test, look at the test, the man told me. He said, Mr. Samples, i got to apologize to you. He said, there's obviously something wrong for our equipment. He said, we're going to have our equipment checked out, and we'll talk again next week. Well, it just so happened at the time when those things were going on, I was teaching a healing school in a church with a cancer doctor. was in that same group of doctors. They had several hospitals in that group. They went on a retreat. And at the end of that retreat, he was talking to me. He said, you know what? You were the topic of conversation. Your son was the whole weekend. said, they're all trying to figure out what happened to that Samples kid. You know what happened to that Samples kid? His parents were separate from the world by the truth. The truth of God's word. And with that word from our heart, from our mouths, went up to heaven... Heaven sent down what he needed to jump up off that table. I'll never forget that day. He was crippled. They called in a specialist from somewhere else. And he's laying there in the hallway on a table waiting for the specialist to come. As he laid there, all of a sudden, he was up off there, three and a half years old. Off the table, hadn't walked for a while. And dancing up down the hallway. Just dancing a jig and singing to Jesus like that. And I told people all the time, I said, David jumped off, the, jumped off that table dancing up down that hallway. Well, probably, I don't know, was it 15 years later, David, or something, a long, long time, 15, 20 years later, he's talked to me one day, he said, Dad, he said, I never told you. He said, I didn't jump off that table. He said, something picked me up, made my feet start moving. He said, I didn't jump, something picked me up. And my legs started dancing. And I was saying, because something picked me up. You know what picked him up? The truth. The word. The word picked him up. The truth picked him up. And you know in your lives what will deliver you from that addiction? What will deliver you from that sin? What will separate you from the world? The truth. The word of God. You know what will put money in your pocket to pay your bills and food your table if God forbid something happens to your income? The truth. What's the truth? Break the tithe in the storehouse. I'll open the windows of heaven. I rebuke the devourer for you. That's the truth. That's the word of God. The word of God. The truth of God's word will heal you. He said, above all else, the truth is. God said right here, verse 2, above all else, he said, above all else, I want you to prosper. 
at bid health, live healthy, receive healing from God if you need healing, even as thy soul prospers. How does your soul prosper? By the truth. What's the truth? The Word of God. Another way to say, even as thy soul prospers, you write this verse down. He said in Romans 12, 2, said, you need to renew your mind to not think like the world. Well, that's called prospering your soul, renewing your mind. When you get your mind changed to the truth, then the truth always wins over facts. The truth always changes the facts. But you've got to get your mind renewed. If you don't start thinking in line with the Word of God, then your soul's not prospering. But the, the truth is, even as your soul prospers, so shall you prosper financially. So shall your health be, even as your soul prospers. And so I just want to leave this with you. If you stick with Bible truth, nothing in this world can cause you to stay down forever. You might get knocked down sometimes, but you'll always get back up. And eventually you're going to win if you stick with the truth of God's Word. So just make sure that no matter what goes on in your life, you begin to learn Bible verses that apply to your situation. And if the devil tries to keep you awake at nighttime about what are you going to do, what are you going to do, what are you going to do, quote the Word of God out loud say, Devil, I'm going to believe the truth. The truth is that you're a liar. Jesus said that in John 8, 44. You're a liar and the father of lies and the truth's not in you. But the truth is in Jesus. He is the truth. His word's the truth. I'm sticking with the truth and there's no way I can be defeated if I stick with the truth. God's word is God's truth. Amen, amen, amen. Pastor Dave. Amen. Amen. That is an awesome word for us tonight. And, uh, you know, we've, we don't only, we don't only trust God's word because it's God's word, but man, we've proved it time and time again. It actually works. Amen. And, uh, and so let's, uh, let's take that with us tonight that his word is truth and we've got to let that be the final word in our lives and realize that God has got blessing planned for us, plans to prosper us 